0: This is the Chefs Without Restaurants podcast with your hosts, Chris Spear and Andrew Wilkinson. Each week, we'll be speaking with food entrepreneurs and people in the culinary industry. If you're interested in learning more about our organization dedicated to helping people build and grow their food businesses, look us up on the web at chefswithoutrestaurants.com and.org and on Facebook and Instagram at Chefs Without Restaurants. Now, enjoy the show. This is episode 11. On today's episode, we talk with Chef Dre, Urban Chef 31 on Instagram, about his business Urban Taste. We talk about building a personal chef and meal prep business in the Washington, D.C. area, leveraging your personal connections, and not burning bridges in the industry. If you like this episode, please let us know. And once again, thank you so much to Jug Bridge Brewery, our sponsor this week, who let us use the brewery to record the podcast. Now, here's the show.
1: We're back with the Chefs Without Restaurants podcast. I'm Andrew. And this is Chris. We're your hosts, and we're here today with Chef Dre, the urban chef, straight out of the DMV. Thank you for being here and driving all this way. All
2: right, thank y'all. Thank
1: y'all. We appreciate it. So we gonna we want to jump right into it. Um, tell us a little about the urban chef.
2: Let's like- tell you a little bit about me. Yeah, we born and raised in Northeast Washington, D.C. Uh, wanted to be a boxer at first. Cooking wasn't really my dream, but... Grace wasn't too good in high school so I had to know. figure out a way my heart really pushed me to want to cook started cooking in some of the best restaurants in DC with the culinary school you know build up my craft and now 10 years in the game I just think it's best for, right now for me to work for myself and build my own company
1: how many you said 10
2: years in the game here, 10 years what was your first job at first job actually was at Chevy's fresh Mexican restaurant
1: all
2: right <laughs> hey it was still good good I like tacos so it was good. Isn't, is that owned by Chevy Chase? I don't know. <laughs> I don't
0: think so. I thought it was. Is it?
2: <laughs> I think maybe it might be. I mean, that
0: that'd makes sense. I like, uh, what was the uh, movie, The Three Amigos? Like, that would be a
1: cool Three Amigos tie. in You're not seeing Three Amigos? I, okay. no, I
2: have.
1: All right, so I ask everybody when they come on the show, what are you currently cooking? And that's for, like, it doesn't have to be food. It can be whatever you're excited about. You know what I mean? What you got going on coming up in 2020 or whatever.
2: Uh, well, coming up in 2020, I think 2020 is the year of success. Mm-hmm. And um, right now what I have cooking up is just a lot of promoting myself and you're going to get to see a lot of Urban Taste. And that's my company uh, and a lot more Urban Chef 31, which is me. Um, just giving back as well. I just want to give back and just continue to learn and just keep building a name for myself, all positivity. That's what I'm about, good energy. Good vibes only. Yeah, good vibes only. Oh, it's always, oh,
1: oh. always. <laughs> I noticed in your uh, Instagram that you have, like, you kind of mix it up. You have some pictures where it's like real tweezer food, almost real fine dining looking, and then some, and then other food is just like that homestyle comfort food.
2: Yes, sir. And that's, that's the name of, you know, of the game for me personally. It's my business is about elevated comfort food. Like I said, did fine dining, but don't want that when you're getting food all the time. You want just something that's approachable and something that's good. And that's how I feel. But I still want to have that technique. I have technique, so why not show that technique and display that yeah. while I'm, I'm around people? So that's what I feel like I needed to do, and but I still want to keep it home. Like mac and cheese to me is comfort, but I want to elevate that mac and cheese. Different cheeses, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And just make sure it always tastes good. Yeah, absolutely. Like One of my models in my business is uh, look good, taste good, feel good. Yeah, always. You got to look good always, got to feel good. Right. You know what I mean? We eat with our eyes first, though. So. Exactly.
1: And that goes for my staff, that goes for the food, the cleanliness of everything you know what I mean? It, it's kinda like all encompassing. Everything gotta taste good, everything
2: gotta look good, everything it's gonna feel good. Exactly, exactly.
1: So, um you said you wanted to be a bartender before? No, actually
2: I wanted to be a boxer. Oh a boxer?
1: Yes sir. Okay, how long how long were you boxing for?
2: Uh off and on, six years. I was boxing, uh, I just recently left boxing again. I went back to train for a little bit, but um, just recently left because I really wanted to focus on the company. But mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it was something I like do as a child. I had a lot of anger because I ain't the tallest person, so you know, I had a lot of anger problems. So it was a way of letting go to anger and also build a lot of discipline. So, mm-hmm. but as you can see, uh, boxing is not for everybody, you know. I've well, you know, I wanted to find a way to leave something for my family and it's a lot of boxes out here and you have to be top of the top of the top I mean, i was good but still it it wasn't for me cooking gave me a better platform so i just stopped cooking yeah
1: so was that kind of like an easy transition i mean did you did you start cooking while you were still boxing or did you just stop boxing i
2: stopped i stopped boxing when i like maybe 11th grade uh i stopped boxing uh, then I I'll go back and forth to it, like I would box a little bit, then I will leave a little bit, it's everywhere, you know, my mind was on girls, I'm girls, 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 so after while I was like, I'm right, going back to the gym, I'm go on this date with this girl, going on date with that girl, but I mean, it, was easy, it was an easy transition for me, per se, I mean, I, I I was disciplined, so going in the kitchen, and I always wanted to be the best, so going in the kitchen, getting in there, got to be the best, it was nothing else besides, you. you have to be the best when you get in the kitchen, Like, and for me personally, you know what I'm saying, I, I have to be the best, so I work harder than anybody else. So I bought that from Bob? That's
1: the way to be. That's definitely the way to be. What um, what was kind of like the breaking point? I know you said you you working maybe maybe this was before we started recording, but you uh you're working in kitchens and then you decided to break off and do your own thing for catering and being a personal chef. So what was the breaking point that really made you want to step out of that?
2: Um, I had a chef ask me, "Do you want to be a lifetime cook or do you want to be a boss?" And when he asked me that question, I really sat back and thought about do I really want to continue to cook for everybody else, or do I want to be my own boss and be my own legacy? And I said, I want to best my time to live in my own legacy, and I just jumped into it. I mean, it, it was it's very hard, but I jumped into mm-hmm. it and I have no regrets. So what do
0: you feel is your biggest challenge? Like, what did you not know? And I'm sure there's still a lot you don't know, but like I'm, you know, everyone kind of jumps and they do their thing and they're like, oh, wow. Like, I didn't realize that. What are some of those things that you had no idea about?
2: The expenses. I mean, it's not even just like the full cost. Most of the things you have to get, the time you have to put in. It's it's a lot of time, but you don't know, have to get all these these tools. And it's, nobody's paying me. I'm paying for every single thing. And it's a lot of money you have to invest into that. But, I mean, it's still a learning pro- process. Um. I ask questions, I ask questions from you, you know, anybody I can get it, any information from. It's all about just trying to build and uh, the hardest part is just <laughs> all the money you have to put out right now. It's, it's like, and then also making sure I'm not underselling myself. Because at times I feel like, oh, I just want to get my name out there so bad that I started, started to cut myself. And I know the product I can put out. So if I am I feel like I'm cutting myself now, I'm cutting my, my, my product at times too. So I didn't want to do that.
0: Well, that's like one of those things that we've talked about a lot that I'm really annoyed about is this whole like working for free thing. And that falls on the marketing. Like I think you have to uh, pay your dues a little bit and do some of those things. But there's all these people who want to capitalize on your skill, what you can do and say like, come out, do our event. Like there's going to be all these really important people there and they're going to try your food. And I don't know. I've just never seen it really convert. And, you know, when you're new and starting out, yeah, maybe a little bit. But, like, when does it become exploitation where people are just trying to make a dime off you? Like, they're all getting paid as event planners and, and the people of these things. Like, what are your thoughts on going out and not getting paid and just putting up a bunch of free food for people to try? And and if you've done that, do you think it's worked? Does anyone ever come back and said, oh, I had your free food at this event and uh, that's why I'm hiring you?
2: <laughs> I mean, it actually has worked. I would able to have a problem with that when it's for a better cause. Uh, like we did the Heart of Soul event. That was a good cause, and it was. I had no problem working for free. That's, and I actually met a lot of chefs. Uh, some have become great friends, mentors to me. So it's, it's it's a love and hate relationship with that at times, though. Um, sometimes he's like, oh, I don't really want to do it for free, but hey, you never know. Like celebrities have family members, so I might be doing this event for free, but hey, that might be Chris Brown's cousin. That might be Rihanna's sister. I, I don't know, but if I put out that good food and don't act like half-assed because, oh, it's for free. I keep putting there on my best foot forward. Man, it's going to show. At the end of the day, it takes time, man. I feel like a lot of people want to jump to success. You got to put your work in. You know what I'm saying? What's a what's a, what's a a success story without having to go through things? Mm-hmm. I don't feel like that's fair. Anybody who's given, if, if it's given to me, I don't want it. I want to work forward. So, I mean, I have no problem doing free events, but when it's, when I know you about to make, say, so you about to make a million dollars over free event. No, you're going to have to pay me something. I'm not, I mean, you're making a million dollars. So at least give me a couple thousand. We're going to be okay. But, I mean, I ain't really too hard. I just want to learn and still grow. You know, I think when we talk about it
1: most of the time, we're referring to, like, when people are doing, like, festivals or, you know, like, stuff that's for profit or entertainment. And then they want to get free chefs to come on for free. And that's really, like,
2: that's just taking advantage of it. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But, I mean, they feel like they can take advantage of you. But this is the thing. Nobody can take advantage of you if you don't let them. Right. So, if I see that you're about to try to take advantage of me, then I'm going to stop that. And you never know how things are going to work
0: out. Like, to your point, it wasn't free, but, like, I do exclusively or almost exclusively, like, high-end dinners. And one time, this guy asked me if I could do a breakfast brunch for his cousin. She was getting married, and I think their budget was, like, $15 a head. And, man, like, I don't do that stuff. But I did. Like, I was young, and I did, and it was fine. But this guy's hired me to do his Christmas party every year since. And last night, I just did his party. And It's three years running. So, you know, like I don't know that I ever would have gotten that job if I had not come and done his cousin's, you know, bridal thing. In hindsight, I can look back and say, like, yeah, man, I don't I don't do brunches for $15 a head for 10 people. I made $150 before cost. Like, that's not worth it, right? But you know, that was a good foot in the door and a lead in, and now I'm doing his Christmas party every year. So I mean, there are some great lead opportunities like that.
2: I see I give it. Take. So, and you got a nice movement out of it, a nice friendship. So I mean, love and hate, like I said. Love and hate and race
1: and race. I so I see you're part of um. Actually, I really don't know that much about it, but it seems like you kind of involved with people, the Uncaged Chefs thing.
2: I was involved with the Uncaged Chefs. I still love they they still my brothers, my sisters. Um, but we all split up. Yeah. Um, Sometimes grew apart. Yeah, 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 we just we just grew apart. It was no no problems or anything. Like we all uh great chefs, you know what I'm saying? And we all wanted to do our own thing. All we wanted to be, you know, have our own company out there. And mm-hmm. like we said, we we started Uncaged chefs, did good, did very well. And, and now it's just time for us to do, you know what I'm saying, do better things. Yeah. Like I said, I still we still support each other. I still support Damien, still support Marco. Me and Marco are very close. So we, we always around each other. It's it's no love lost, but I'm not with uncaged chefs anymore. Like I said, my brand is urban taste.
1: Yeah. I just had to ask. No, I, I don't have much of the
2: backstory, so I don't no, really get it from the, no, from the source. Well, we, we, we all started all together. Was, no but
0: I love that idea because that's kind of like what I'm trying to do here. Like, I'm not trying to be involved in like Pizza Llama or something, just like supporting <laughs> each other. But, like you know, if I need a hand, I'm going to get Andrew to come help out. Like, if he ever needs a hand on a truck or something and, and building this network where like we can all have our own businesses and do our own things, but still nothing but love and support, you know? Exactly, exactly.
1: I think this is a good this is a good segue for us. Um, we're gonna take a quick break, real quick, and come right back, and then we can get kind of deeper into that whole collaboration and uh, support thing. Service. All right, all right, we're back. We took a nice long break. Had to turn the heat up in here. We were touching on it before about like collaboration and um, and kitchen culture and all this stuff, and uh, I kind of wanted to ask you about about the collaboration and and support you see. Uh, with, like, independent chefs in the DMV area, especially since there's such, like, a strong restaurant scene in D.C., so I know there's a lot of good chefs down in the area, you know what I mean? And then uh, it's got to be a lot of y'all that did what you did that, that want to, yeah. like, and just got to be, like, I'm doing my own thing.
2: Yeah. Take I'm taking my <laughs> <laughs> taking my talents elsewhere, right? Yeah. So, I mean, with the collaboration scene, it's actually grown, yeah. and I'm actually happy to see that because at first, a couple of years ago, it was a lot of egos, mm-hmm. and, um, A lot of people wanted to be the best, and oh, they wanted to see you do good, but they don't want to see you do better than them, man. It was just, it was a lot of bullshit. And um, now, like, I feel like it's becoming a family. Mm -hmm. You know, I got different chefs that hit me up, that asked me to do events with them. Uh, I remember asking chefs to do events with me, uh, me, Marco, shout out to Chef JB. uh, We do something on Fridays every day, so we're collaborating, and it's all, all about just building that foundation. And like I said, I'm big on family and we, we building a family and we're not selfish. Like it's too much money out here to be selfish. You can't do every event by yourself, right. you know what I'm saying? And what I do good, you know what I'm saying? I can help you with, man. Right? You can help me with what you do good at. It's just, it's building that that relationship, man. Right? It's growing though. I am happy to say it's growing because at first I didn't feel like it was gonna grow. lot of a lot of hate, but now it is growing. Up. That's good, that's good.
1: What do you think, was there like a, a tipping point there at least in the DMV area or in the DC area, like who uh I guess what I'm saying is somebody influenced you or like who paved the way? You know what I'm saying? Who was paved there, the way? Was there somebody that did yeah. that did this that is notable to talk about right now? Oh hey, yeah. right
2: uh, like the whole Instagram scene and the private Yeah stuff. like
1: private chefs and just just being independent and pop-ups and all that shit. You gotta give it to uh I'm not sure if you know what, Kiss kissing but you
2: gotta give it to yeah. JL. Uh JL started Started all the Instagram fame. Uh, nobody was really doing it like that before. People was on Instagram, but he took that and made that a platform. Yes. Nobody was doing that at first. We, we were posting pictures. but well, I was posting pictures, you know, with my shirt on and stuff like that. Now, he's posting pictures food, you know what I mean? So He was doing business on that. He was doing business. And you see how much business he's, he's grown because of that. Yeah. So, yeah, JR started this. Uh, you got JR, uh, Damien as well, that's Kiss the Chef, like, and uh, Tobias. Those are three that I, I saw when I first started getting on it. Tobias, what's... Uh, uh, I think his name was, I don't think... It was like King Chef TD before. Uh, I'm not sure what it is now. Is that the one that Kizzy brought up uh, last week?
1: I feel like maybe. One of our past guests... Um, At the end of the show, I'm going to ask you who who to get on the show next. Okay. And one of our past guests recommended somebody named Tobias. And I think it might be... The it, it's friend. only
2: one Tobias out oh, here, yeah, man. Good, good chef, man. Good, good. <laughs> hey, good friend of mine. So, yeah... Uh, yeah, he, it was them 3 to be honest with you. That was the only thing I saw. So the Tobias Dorazon? Yeah, Tobias. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so yeah.
0: Keezy said, like, that's the one you got to get on. Like, we ask everyone who you need to have on. And she's like, you need to get him on the show. So he's on our list of people, yeah. like, if he wants to come out and do it. So you you might need to help now, get, know, make maybe, that happen. If you
2: see this, Tobias, <laughs> and you come in I'm on the show, man. Come, come, on. come on through, Tobias.
1: <laughs> that's cool, though. Yeah, no, I was, um, that's really cool that, that his name got brought up again, and then also, I, I don't know a whole lot about Kitchen Cray, I mean, I know he's on Top Chef, I know he was doing the private chef thing before he started the, the restaurant, So, but I had an idea, like he's a little older, so I, I maybe thought that that might come up,
2: and the fact that you brought it up, may, it made me- He, he started this, I don't care what nobody said, like, nobody used using Instagram like the way he was using, people were using Instagram, but- right to just publish itself and network. I was doing it like him. He made it actually cool for for real man. Yeah. I feel like he's like the godfather of like the whole Instagram set movement. Yeah. Yeah man, he, he does it good. I haven't I have yet to try his food but No food
1: the food's good. Food's good. I'm sure. Yeah. So um I guess getting into that with people starting their own restaurants and stuff. Oh, I didn't even ask you this in the intro. Do you want to open your own restaurant? Is that a dream? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Good
2: answer. No, no. no not at all. I don't want to open a restaurant. I feel like yes, you can change the menu and yes, you can do different things spice it up. But it's nothing like going to a different person's home each time or do different events like that's fun for me well that's what I love
0: too like I like to do so many different cuisines I think it's really tough like I want to do Mexican food tonight I want to do Italian food tomorrow night I want to do some Thai food Make you know maybe a dinner with all three of those I think it's really tough you can't open a restaurant that's doing all that I mean like maybe you can but people want to come and know that they're going to an Italian restaurant or a Mexican restaurant or something like that and I love that flexibility of changing the menu every day it keeps it interesting for me that's
2: what makes it fun that's why I wanted to do that
1: yeah. So what um, <clears throat> what do you think about like the overall kitchen culture? And I mean, I know you had some bad experiences, but you've been at a lot of places. Ten years in the game. Um, how do you see from your own experience the kitchen culture
2: evolving over those ten years? Um, actually, it's starting to get soft. Be honest with you, kitchen culture to get soft, and uh, I think all these, these shows I made it the reason myself. Everybody's in for fame. When I first started. It was about being the best mm-hmm. and and perfecting the craft. Now it was like, oh, well, I'm going to work for this guy because he was on top shelf. I'll get my name out there, then I'm going to do this pop-up, do that, and I'm going to be famous. I'm going to be rich. Mm-hmm. We was doing it, making $7 an hour, 7 25 an hour, you know what I'm saying, working 16 hours a day, and we was loving each moment of the cuts burns, bruises, everything. And now I feel like they getting sold. Like, the, the kitchen, I, like, last because I was in, it was just, it's People don't want to work no more. I don't want to work. And then it's all these these now these all these extra laws now. Oh, you can't, if you can yell at me the certain way, now you can get fired. No, right? Well, the kitchen I was in, you're gonna be yelling every day, even if you're doing right, you're gonna get yelled at even more if you're doing right, you know what I'm saying? So it's it's just getting soft right now. I I don't like the path is going. and a lot of the food is getting washed, you know, it's watered down right now.
1: So but at the same time, isn't that part of the reason, like, um that's part of the reason that you
2: wanted to leave it
1: the kitchen though, right? Yes, sir. So where do you think it is there like a middle ground that we need to meet? Like it's getting real soft right now. I see what you're saying. But as far as um, you know, you you didn't wanna be feeling like, you didn't want to feel disrespected exactly. or get talked to a certain way. So like where, where do you see the middle ground in all that?
2: Oh well, but I see the middle ground is just understanding, like I said, I didn't want to be disrespected any kind of way, but I I as I got older, I realized, you know what I'm saying, it, it, it helped a little bit. It, it made me a better cook, a better chef, because I knew that I didn't want to get yelled at. So I knew I had to work harder to make sure that my food was good, make sure my mise was you know, right, had it prepared. But when now they're using that, like I like I said, don't get me wrong. you yelled at and you cussed out, it takes, it takes a total. You know what right. saying? But when, now you're not going to do nothing because, oh, yeah, well, you, are, you cussed me one way, oh, now I'm going to get you five chef, you know what I'm saying? Instead of taking an ass, they take anything now. Just said like, hurry up. Now being too mean to you, me. no. Right. He wants you to work with a sense of urgency. So that's why the middle ground, I think, it needs to be put as, it's a, it's a borderline, you know. It's, like I said, it's a borderline between love and hate. It's a borderline between, you know, right and wrong. You know I yeah. mean? If you you cussing y'all, call me all different types of names. Now you're doing too much. Just that's you yeah, that's like You can yell
1: at somebody and still have
0: respect.
2: Exactly. respect. exactly. Exactly.
0: I think there needs to be an overall way you are. Like you're either like. Kind and nurturing, or you're like a jerk. But you know know what I mean. Like it's okay. Like in the rush, right? Like there's a hundred tickets, and you might say to someone like, "You need to pick it up. Like get going." But then when the rush is over, if you can say like, "Hey, good job. I appreciate you." Like, sorry if I snap. But if you're just like that guy all the time, who's always hollering, like I don't want anyone to be afraid of me. Like I don't want my employees to be afraid of me. I think there's a way to be a mentor. You know, show people the way to do things, hold them accountable. Like, you can have high, tough standards without yelling all the time or shouting. Like, I don't want people in my kitchen to be afraid of me when I walk in the door. Um, But I'm going to hold them to my standard. And I think that's kind of what we're trying to find.
2: Respect comes from respect given and not like fear. But nobody wants to be called an idiot. You know, you could tell me that I'm doing something wrong without calling me an idiot. You know what I'm saying? You could tell me it's a better way to cook that fish or what's a better way to do this steak or x y and z but we call out your name that's when it starts to become personal whenever you make it personal a lot of people say don't take things personally but how can you not take something personally if somebody is disrespecting right but i mean but sometimes emotions you know, get the best of you as
1: any uh anything else you want to touch on when it comes to like kitchen culture like you said ac-
2: accountability is one i don't mm-hmm. think we hold ourselves accountable like we used to uh um, Every kind of just let things go. Oh, well, I know that scallop was, wasn't was sealed correctly. I'm just gonna let it go. Off. No, you know what I'm saying? If it's not right, we do it. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people just kind of let things go. You yeah, I think every time you put out something, that's a representation of yourself. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know this person I'm cooking for, you know what I mean? So every time I want to give be the best, but they said first impressions mean the most. I want that first impression to be the best. You know what I'm saying? Right. I don't know what type of day they would have it, but who knows? My food might just made their day way better, you know what I'm saying? Because I took that
1: time and put that love
2: into that food. Yeah. I have a little bit of a um a
1: struggle with that. I do pizza. It's wood fire pizza. Obviously like I don't put stuff out that shit. Like there's a point where I gotta be like, no, you're not you're not serving that. And a lot of my, my staff most for the most part, they understand that and they know when to say no or they'll ask me. But there comes a time where like so I'm cooking with the wood fire, right? And it's hot. <laughs> you're gonna get you're gonna get char marks. Like p- part of the point of the pizza is to get some char marks on it. So I struggle with this sometimes, where like it might be. Some people have a standard. Like in Italy, I don't go by the standards of Italy anyway. Um, as far as like ingredients you use and stuff like that, you know, if you want to be certified Neapolitan, they want you to use certain tomatoes and stuff like that. But I'm not. I'm not Neapolitan. I'm not from Italy. Like I'm not gonna ship everything. Granted, some of the some of the stuff I use comes from Italy, but what I'm trying to say is they have a standard sometimes where it's like basically the size of this pizza. If you have a burn mark that's bigger than that, it's like they won't they don't want to serve it. Although some people will. Some pizza shops out here serving stuff where the whole, the whole pizza is burnt. But for me, it's like I might get something that's twice the size of that, but if the rest of the pizza looks good. I might let it go out, but then I have to educate people and let them know, like, or if they ask. Sometimes I just kind of let it go because it says wood-fired pizza in my name. I don't know. You know what I mean? Though? It's kind of like a struggle where I'm like, you might get misunderstood, but if somebody comes back and says, oh, my pizza's burnt, I'll be like, well, it's a wood-fired oven. Like, we get char marks. That's just how it is. Right. It tastes good like that.
2: <laughs> I mean, this is the difference between charred and burnt. You know what I mean? Right. If it's still yeah, no, result, definitely. And it's still acceptable because you can yeah. a wood-fired oven. So that's the thing. It's when you know somebody is scorched, you know that's right. you know, yeah. um, because of problem. But a little a little bit of dolphins ain't gonna it's not gonna hurt you. It's gonna be all right.
1: Right. I'm also
2: not like in the super fine dining, so it's a little <laughs> different thing.
0: And I also think I always t- tried to teach my cooks to hold each other accountable. Like I don't know what's, like where you are, but like if it got to me and it wasn't right as the chef, like y'all as cooks aren't holding each other accountable. Because you know what I'm talking about. Like, he said something about scorch. It's like when someone scorches a cream sauce, right? And you all know you can smell it. If you tried it, it was burnt. And like that one guy's going to let it go out. But like three other people tried it that whole attitude in the kitchen where, you know, the, well, you're not the chef. Like, I always hated that. It's like, well, you guys should have each other's backs. Like did you kind of find that where you had a bunch of cooks, you guys would look out for each other and you would maybe say to one of your boys, like, Hey, that's not right. Or like, I think you should do that again. Or do you feel like that's exclusively the chef's job in the kitchen to come make those uh, calls? Um,
2: I feel like it's it's, it's up to us basically. It's up to us to, uh, you know, Hold each other, like, back like against accountability. Hold each other accountable for uh I mean, there's been times where I put out something that was a little too salty, you know what I'm saying? And I had another chef or you know, another cook with someone be like, no, that's not right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to redo it. because If you're telling me it's not right, and you, you know what I'm saying, we're, we, we're all equals, but you're telling me it's not right, then what you think the chef going to say? Why well, why I get cussed out for no reason? I could just be like, chef, I messed up. I apologize. It's going to be an extra five minutes. And then him be like, all right, hurry up, rather than, this shit is nasty, this shit is salty. Now I'm embarrassed. Now I look like I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. But yeah, we hold it, that's, that's a thing too. We, we're supposed to be a family. We did more times than we are with our own family, you know what I'm saying? So, hold it, tell it accountable, it's, it's a must. And if you feel any type of way about it, then you don't love what you're doing. Because I would want somebody to tell me if I was fucking up. And that's what we all supposed to do in the kitchen. So, I mean, you want know, it's it's like, once again, it are there are people that are extra. Well, you know, it's never like that. Flowers, man, shut the hell up! Man, like, get out of my face. We got two in the covers. Like, the flowers okay, but if it's if it's burnt or nasty, then that's a problem. But if it's a little flowers wrong, then you can get the fuck out of my face about that. We can keep going.
1: Do you have? Is there anything on your menu that you have to like
2: prepare well ahead of time, like a day or more in advance? Well, my menu, my menu's always changing, mm-hmm. so most of the time, only that we had to prepare ahead of time is like from marinating. Um, if I'm braising anything, those are most of the times I had to prepare ahead. But for the most part, it doesn't really take me too long. I, 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 like in culinary school, I was taught put get your head down and work with a sense of urgency. So mm-hmm. that's what I do anywhere I go. When I'm traveling to my destination, I'm planning already in my head. Okay, I know as soon as I get in there, I got to do pasta. You know what I mean? As soon as I get in there, I got to get this fish broken down. So I know what I need to do first, and I prioritize. Yeah, you know what I try to do. It.
1: So the reason I asked that is because I, I saw somebody repost something recently and it was a it was a barbecue. So this might it was a barbecue person okay. and this might relate kinda of to the brazen. And I, I saw it relate to me when it comes to the dough. Oh it's another thing I'm a little bit conflicted on. Where like so basically the post was saying that, you know, as as a as a person selling a barbecue or whatever, like, you know, you deal with fire, kinda of like how I do. Yeah. But you deal with different sizes of the meat, different temperatures outside. So you don't know, like, sometimes you can't always gauge how it's going to turn out. And sometimes you might have something that's, like, a little overcooked or a lot overcooked or whatever. And they were said, basically, like, sell it anyway because you worked hard on it. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't know how far that goes. Like, are they selling something that is nasty or is it just, like, is it a little bit? A little bit dry. You know what I mean? You Sometimes you get a brisket and it's like a little bit dry, but it's still, it'll be all right, right? It's not like hanging off your finger and juicy, but you can still eat it. So I think maybe it was, they're probably talking about that. And with me, it goes for the dough. So dough's the same way, you know? If it's if it's cold outside, if it's hot, if it's humid in the summertime, like it's, it's finicky, you know? It is. So, and I make it days in advance. So if something goes wrong and I got an event planned, like, there's a threshold to where I'm gonna call it like I can't even serve this. It's not gonna rise if it's just like if I forgot something, which I don't do anymore, hopefully, but you know what I mean? Like there's gotta be a level of like acceptability as well as accountability, but like you know, you gotta you gotta realize that sometimes shit's just never gonna be perfect. You know what I mean? I
2: don't believe in perfection though. And I mean I'm to be, I'm be just try to be perfect, but right. I'm be perfect is real. Some of the best things were made by mistakes, right? You know what I mean. So it's perfect is 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 last, right? I can't make it be perfect. I can strive to strive for perfection. Right. Right.
0: I don't know how you do your menus with your customers, but I've learned to leave some things vague. Like I used to call out every item. You know, you're getting like shrimp and you know it's like shrimp with smoked gouda grits with stewed tomatoes and bacon all this and then you get there and you're like man i forgot my bacon or something like that and now it's just like giving myself a little leeway like i don't say that it's going to be an apple cider vinegar or vinaigrette or sherry vinaigrette it's just like vinaigrette And then, like, if I have sherry vinegar I want to use, I can use that. If it's apple cider, I can use that. If I get there and I forgot to bring my nasturtiums, like, I have some leeway. But when I – was trying to be way too fancy when I started. I wanted to tell everyone every ingredient and every technique. And then it's just like, wow. Sometimes you're just in the weeds and you send that dish. And it's like, wow, I totally forgot to put the nasturtiums on there. Um, But if you you don't mention it, how do you do do your menus and your menu plannings? Is it – do you have set menus that you're sending out to people or are you customizing per person? How's that work?
2: I'm usually customizing per person. I feel like that's the fun. Of it. Being a chef is always being able to develop something new, something fresh. Um, my meal prep, I do have to have a set menu for that because I would go crazy trying to do some, everything differently. For the most part, I'm doing my personal chef or catering. I like to tell you what, I ask you, what you would like first, type of food are you you're looking for? Then from that, I make a menu. If you tell me that you want, First say some chicken and waffles, okay, then I understand about chicken and waffles, but what type of waffle do you want? You want a red velvet waffle? You want a sweet potato waffle? Like, then we had fun with uh, But for the most part, my I menu was always changed. I had base things, you know what I mean? When it comes to, like, you want a buffet, I know I'm always had macaroni and cheese. I know uh, I'm going to do some greens, but uh, I know I'm going to do some wings, but my wings contain I do a lot of different flavors. That's my thing. I like it. Flavors. So I like to make a lot of different sauces, um, and I like to do a lot of different things with the wings. So it, it all contains, it all depends. But, like, I just feel like if I just tell you this menu right here and I just leave it, then I feel like it's no fun. Like, I want you to be able to say, well, I told Chef I wanted these scallops. And now look what Chef did for me. These scallops would made just for me. You know what I'm saying? Nobody else had this type of flavor profile. And I think that's what makes it fun. I've
1: been thinking about this for the past five minutes. What's the biggest, like, he was talking about forgetting stuff. And I was talking about messing stuff up. So, like, what's, what's you guys' biggest, like, fuck up? Man. You know, like you had a pop up and you just forgot something, or you didn't prep something, or something, and then how did you bounce back from that? If you did it all,
2: oh man, um, you go next. Uh, start start with when we started doing the, I guess you could say little pop up uh, plates and everything. I forgot the containers. I had and I was late at that. So like, or whatever. Yeah, I, I forgot the containers. Uh, I had to go all the way back, so I had drove from Upper Marlboro to was at Union Kitchen. It was, we supposed to open at, I think, 11 o'clock. I got there at 9.30. I said, Mark was like, yeah, Dre, where's the other uh, containers? I said, in my car. Went out to the car. I had, We had just bought them the other day. It wasn't, they weren't in my car. I took them out. I don't know why. I was, I was drunk probably. I don't know but had to drop. I had to speed all the way back home. Get there. I got there right when we opened. And everybody's looking at me like, how you drop the ball? It's just containers. And that was like one of the biggest things. And then one event. I think I forgot the chicken and I had to, oh, I had to run back home and do some other stuff and call a couple friends. It, it was a lot. It was crazy, but I've learned from my mistakes, and that's why I take notes and uh, I make sure uh, I check them all to make sure I have everything. Luckily, you weren't too far away from home, right? I mean, but it was doing traffic, like know. going back. It was, it was ridiculous. I'm speeding, cops behind me. I'm like, oh man, like I'm trying to think of a lie because I get pulled over. It was, it was crazy. I was all the way in,
0: like, Alexandria, and I bring everything with me. I bring all my china and everything, and I just had this feeling. I was on the Beltway, and I had this gut feeling. I voice called my wife. I was like, can you go in the garage and see if my china is there? I left everything in my garage, all my china, half my gear. So we got to the city. I pulled up on um, GPS. There was a, a Dollar Tree, and I went in. I bought, like, a dollar cutting board, one of their janky Santoku knives. I had to buy some silverware. I probably could have gotten away with, like, using the customers, but I feel like – I didn't want to do that because i say like i'm gonna bring everything and i don't want to be the guy there and your first impression of me is like i'm the guy who forgot everything right yes. and like one time we forgot ice cream we we're doing an event up in the mountains and we were like half an hour from the nearest store thank god i had someone with me and we were doing like a hot brownie Sunday, and i'm literally plating up the brownies like they finished their entree and i'm like i don't have my ice cream and I said to them, Are you guys ready for dessert or do you want a minute? And they're like, Oh, can we get like half an hour? We're gonna go out some bourbon and stuff. I'm like, Yeah, cool, we good. And we went on the internet and found like a Weiss or something, and I sent Mike, and it was like 15 minutes each way just to go and get ice cream. Um yeah, it worked out perfectly, and I don't usually have people with me. So that was like a very rare thing. But every once in a while you just have those things where it's like you can't not have ice cream. Um, but you know, and sometimes you have things where it's out of your control. I did a salad that's uh uh, it has um, kohlrabi in it, and I bought some really good-looking kohlrabi from, like, moms, you know, like, really expensive, high-quality, and I got there to do it, and I cut it open, and they were black inside. You know, like, what do you do? It's literally, like, an apple and kohlrabi salad. It's one of the two main ingredients. It's not something you can get at any giant. So you just wing it. Like, I had some radishes with me. Like, a lot of people don't know the difference between, like, like kohlrabi and radishes are both kind of, like, in that same – Vain, so I was just like, I'm just gonna have to take these radishes off my pozole, which I usually use as a garnish, and just chop them up, and it became like an apple and radish salad with a chimichurri dressing. Like you just gotta roll with it.
1: So this weekend, actually, I did a catering. It was just me and one other person, and I had the food truck out somewhere else. So it was kind of a hectic day, and I had um, I had partnered with a local farmer, right, to give me some greens, like these beautiful heads of romaine and like a mix green salad had kale and chard and all this stuff in it like stuff was amazing he's working magic in the month of december i don't know how how but uh so i had the the guy that was helping me out he came through and he had picked up the, the vegetables right so they were in the back of his car and we were getting everything set up and getting everything ready to go and this event is almost two hours away Nah, it was like an hour away, but that's still too far to like run back. Like, so basically, we get there and we're like, all right, let's start prepping the salad. He said, Where are the greens? I was like, You didn't get them out your car? (laughs) He was like, like, All right, I just like immediately, I knew what to do. Like, because I've done stuff like this was kind of extreme, but I've done forgot little stuff before. I just threw in my keys. I was like, Find the closest store and get some romaine and some mixed greens, and we'll make it work. It worked out that time, but you got to make lists. You got to check them off. I remember Mm. one time I had a pop-up, and I forgot my pizza pills, So I couldn't even Mm. put pizza in the oven. I couldn't even take the pizza out of the oven. Luckily, the lady who owned the venue, this was also like an hour and a half away. The lady who owned the venue, uh, she lived close by, and she had a pizza oven in her backyard. So she had what we needed. Now, granted, she's doing like... At home pizza. I usually need like I need multiple tools to be able to put a bunch of pizza in the oven and she had just one peel to launch it so I had to make one pizza at a time and we were so slow that night like we had so many pissed off people just like, but hey, I mean,
2: things happen, man.
1: things happen. Yeah, I have no problem making people wait too because I know my pizza is the best like. If you got to wait, you got to wait. Look, it's me and this other guy, and I'm making one pizza at a time. Like, what a, What do you want me to do? I'm making less money because I can't serve everybody. So nobody's really winning. <laughs> it does. All right. So on the fly is our speed round. I'm just going to ask you a bunch of questions and then answer them as fast as you can. One word, one sentence, whatever. We'll see how this goes. All right. What's your favorite tool in the kitchen? Squeezes. That's the first thing I thought of. What's your favorite food to eat? Tacos. Okay. If you had all the money in the world, what's the first position you would hire? A
2: publicist.
1: Oh, okay. That's a first. Who's your favorite chef?
2: Urban Chef 31. (laughs) Art
1: or science? Art. One thing you do differently from everybody else?
2: I dance in the kitchen. Okay. Dance moves. They call me Usher Brown. you know, a little mix of both of them
1: what's your favorite digital tool
2: iphone okay
1: um can you recommend a book or a podcast
2: uh stress without restaurants okay i think that's, that is the name of this yeah okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: <Yep>. <laughs> that worked how do you decompress uh you elaborate on that question like how like so you got a stressful week or whatever or just like what's your today's your day off you know what would you do normally to make just to to
2: Right. Release
1: and relax and let everything
2: go. You know? Um, you know, I don't. I drink, so I probably would you know, get a nice beer, <laughs> drink that, and go to sleep. That's how I decompress. You know, if I had a girlfriend, then I'd be with her. But I'm single right now. So any ladies listening to this, you know, <laughs> okay. uh, follow me
1: on Instagram. I am single. Okay, <laughs> you're in luck because you know we're at a brewery right now, so we're gonna <laughs> grab a couple beers in a second. Um, and the last question is, how do you want the Urban Chef to be remembered? Or what do you want the Urban Chef to be remembered for?
2: I mean, anybody follows me, they already know I want to be remembered not as just a chef, but as a as a positive person, you know what I'm saying? Presenting good energy, good vibes. And <clears throat> also, I want to be everybody's favorite uncle. So I don't know if y'all follow me, but my thing is Uncle Dre. And everybody asks me, what is that about? It's a persona. Like, if you ever think about it, everybody has that favorite uncle you know, in their family, that's the wild one. That's one that gets drunk. That's loud. That can throw down on the grill. And I wanted to embody all of that. You know, and I want when I cook, I want everybody feel like family. So that's really it. So I want to be remembered as a positive person. Because I die today, I want people to be like he was funny. You know, what so I want the girl sales handsome, and I want them to be like I was positive. But I want to be Uncle Jordan. That's it. I love that. Yeah, I'm. A,
1: you gotta meet my daughter. <laughs> So you just be another Uncle Dre. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Before we go, do you have any uh, – actually, let's call somebody out. Who do you think we should get on the podcast next?
2: Uh, on the podcast next, I would say Chef JB DC. Chef JB DC. I'm going to write that down. He's doing a, a pop-up brunch. He does it every other Sunday uh, down in D.C. Uh, by, I believe it's LaFont Plaza. And uh, I've worked with him many years. Great chef. Um, and also you have Chef Trey. That's another person I would say. Now he's going to kill me. I don't remember his name on Instagram. It's like Chef, chef A or something like that. But I definitely y'all can look at my page and follow him. He's a great chef. I feel like those are two positive people that have a lot of energy. I think that's which y'all would like. Y'all have some on the podcast. So a lot of energy. And I think those are, those are the two people I would recommend. Yeah.
1: We're we're about to dip into we're about to dip into this DC pool real hard. Exactly, we got a lot of, a lot of leads in DC. I got few in Baltimore too because I lived there for a while. Um, but yeah, I'm excited about this. So, are you? Uh, is there any advice you want to give to anybody or anything you want to say Last thing on the podcast? Advice to a young cook.
2: Well, before, before I get on, first I'm gonna shout out my daughter, you know, Aubrey Chanel. Uh, that's the love of my life. And any advice I would give is like we've been talking about. Um, just losing that attitude, staying humble—that's the biggest advice I can give anybody. Stay humble, and you know they'll say, "Stay positive." It's going to be days where it's going to suck ass. Yeah, like I, I said, I just really, really started getting serious with this, and this this month was horrible for me. To be honest, it's it just started to pick up. But stay positive. You know what I'm saying? Just think about it. Take everything as a lesson. Don't take it as a loss. You know what I'm saying? L doesn't have to stand for loss. It can stand for a lesson. Mm-hmm. And just stay positive and speak things into fruition. You know what I'm saying? You put good in the world, good's going to come back. That's what I can really say. Just stay positive and stay humble. And everything you want is going to happen. I really appreciate that because I, I had bad luck too. So I need to hear that shit. <laughs> and I need to answer
0: <laughs> But Like, on that note, if you're the kind of person who can hustle, like, I think that's where the best stuff comes from. I think sometimes you're just successful enough that you get complacent, right? Like, You don't have any business and then you get some customers and then you think you're the shit and you're like, cool. And then you just kind of go on autopilot. For me, it's that month where I don't have a lot of business that I'm up till four in the morning, like Mm -hmm. on the Internet, thinking of like a new way, like, oh, man, I need to reach out to wedding. Like I was thinking about wedding planners, like getting in front of them to do like rehearsal dinners and stuff. And like one night I just went on the Knot and just found like every wedding planner in the whole DC range and just started shooting them. Emails. Like that's the kind of thing that you don't do when you have business and you're feeling comfortable. And for me, that's like what I love doing is like when I have a really terrible month, but you have to have the drive. You can't wallow in that and just lay in your bed and be like, Man, I had no business this month. So if you're the person who has that fire, I kind of like those days where you have a really bad month or or a bad week or day. I don't (laughs) want a really bad month, but like a couple down days where you're like, oh wow. Like to be honest, I have no business this week. Today's Monday. I have nothing between now. And Thursday, so I have four days off. So it's like hustle. Like, I've got to spend some time working on some things and get some business because, you know, I don't like that. But that's where the magic happens, I think.
1: That's when it's time to work hard. That's when it's time to work the hardest. Um, there's one more thing. I, I, so I asked that question to try to lead you into something. I, liked, I loved your answer, but you said something when we were off air about young cooks in the kitchen, um, about burning bridges. Yes, sir. Uh, I want people to hear that.
2: I want, I want to just tell my story just briefly. Uh, I'm one of those, those those cooks that, like I said, my name is Irving. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I am from the streets, and I will never forget where I'm from. You know what I'm saying? I'm from North East, and I, I'm going to represent North East to the fullest. You know what I'm saying? With my time. But at the same time, I came in with an attitude, and it was just a lack of knowledge, too. Um, came in, I didn't know how to take... Direction, instruction, and I, I burned a lot of bridges because I wanted to be uh, I guess you could say aggressive uh, I guess you could say I just wanted to show that I wasn't no punk and um To anybody listening, it, it's not worth it. You know what I'm saying? I done burned bridges with some of y'all favorite chefs. I'm not, I'm not gonna mention names, but I burned bridges with them for them uh, It's 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 been a waste of my time because what have I got from there making millions of dollars and they're building their name their empire and I wish I could call them and just be like hey chef can I get some help with this? Can you put me on to this person? Can you send some clientele my way? And when you do stuff, think about the repercussions. And I don't think we think a lot about the repercussions after we do something. I mean, we think about afterwards, but before we do it, if you sit back and think, well, it's me yelling at Chef today, going to help me out? Or you know, make things better? Or me trying to be the tough guy, like it's not worth being tough. This isn't the streets. Uh, it's it's not worth it, like I said. At the end of the day, most of the time, it's not intentional, it, it's, it's not personal it's business and uh if you keep that in mind it should keep you from going crazy but it's going to be days as hard like i said it's never easy but if you keep that in mind you know so you'll be good just learn from me don't burn any bridges because it's harder to rebuild a bridge with the one that you burnt down Definitely.
1: i'm glad we got that out Some, somebody needs to hear that shit somebody needs to hear it <laughs> but all right if, hey man chef dre you came out here last minute Came a long way, all the way from Upper Marlboro. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for coming out and being on the podcast today. Does everybody know where to follow me at though? That's I was just about oh, to oh, tell you. Oh,
2: oh yeah. That is the that know. know. That's a right to know. Shout out to Low Chef <laughs> All right, where can everybody follow you at? Everybody can follow me at Urban Chef31. 3 31. 31 Don't forget the 31. Uh, ladies love me. You know, follow me on there as well. <laughs> <laughs> hey, right now we're uh, against Chef, Chef Lowe right now, so but yeah, y'all follow me at Urban Chef Thirty One. Uh, just twenty twenty is gonna be a good year for everybody. Just follow the movement. Uh oh,
1: power going on. All right. Once again, thank you so much for being here, everybody. Go and give him a follow, ladies. You heard him. He's single. He's a great guy. Hey, amazing right. guy. Amazing. So, give him a follow. Uh make sure you follow, like, and subscribe at Chefs Without Restaurants Catch on all know. platforms. Shoot us an email if you got any questions or comments. Chefs Without restaurants at gmail.com. But I'm gonna shout out I'm gonna shout out Toyo Mancy for our music. Shout out Jugbridge Brewery for letting us host our podcast here. We're probably gonna continue doing that. And uh, peace out everybody.
0: Thanks for listening to the Chefs Without Restaurants Podcast. And if you're interested in sponsoring a show, let us know. We can be reached at chefswithoutrestaurants at gmail.com. Thanks so much.